before we get going and I, and I read this passage in John chapter 20, I wanted to share with you what I really feel like as I've been having conversations with people uh, just around me, uh, around in our community, uh, and conversations specifically just that my wife and I have been having is we've been just trying to hear from the Lord and as we've been pressing into our own uh, faith with Jesus and our faith together, and as we read scripture and we just have been prayerful, uh, there's something that I, I think is ringing true that I wanted to talk about this morning. Uh, we are currently, and this is what I believe the Lord is showing uh, myself and a number of individuals, and I'm going to speak it this morning. I believe that we are in a season of reshaping, and the word that I want to use is reformation or reforming. I believe that we are in a season of reshaping. God is doing something very unique right now in our midst. He's moving. Jesus is moving in our midst. Last week, we, we were able to celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ is alive and he's well and that the tomb is empty and that he's overcome death and he's resurrected. And I want to tell you that he's resurrected not just 2,000 years ago, but he's resurrected for us right here and right now. And I believe that God is moving uh, to renew and reshape things that we thought were once lost or dead. He's renewing and reshaping things that we thought were once lost or dead. For us to see this renewal in our homes, in our personal lives, in our communities, in our cities, in our state, in our nation, and I believe what God is doing globally. I do not think this is something that's isolated to who, who we are and where we're at. I think this is what God is doing globally right now uh, across every nation, every tribe, every tongue, is that he is giving this renewal and he's doing something. For us to step in and see it, I believe that we have to embrace this reshaping. We have to embrace it and we have to be willing to join God and how he and where he's moving. We have to be able to embrace it by joining God where he's moving. And that is what we're going to talk about this morning. Last week, we talked about the fact that Jesus Christ is resurrected, that he's alive and he's well. And what do you and I, what, what is it that you and I need to do now? Jesus is alive, now what? So today, we're going to talk about being on the move. And we're going to look at this passage in John chapter 20, verse 3 through 9. Before I read this, in the first couple verses of this chapter... This is essentially the part of the story that we really focused on last week. And that is, you know, Mary comes to the tomb in the dark and she realizes the tomb is empty. And as word gets out, this is where we're going to pick up in the story with these two characters. Early, it says, so Peter in verse three, so Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. So Peter and the other disciple, who is nameless, started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over, the disciple that is nameless, he bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Now I'm going to stop there for a second because I want to point out a few things. Number one, this is very fascinating to me. I'm going to give us some, some historical context so that we understand who, who it is writing this and who this other disciple that's nameless is. And I find some humor in this. Maybe you will. Uh, it says, so Peter and this other disciple, this nameless person, John is the author of this book. John wrote this book. Guess who this other disciple is that is being chosen to be anonymously written about? This nameless person. It's, it's John. John is the other disciple. So with that in mind, let's understand. It says, so Peter and myself, John, we started for the tomb. This, this other person that shall remain nameless, but it's me, John. We started for the tomb. Both were running. Me and Peter were running. This again, let's understand this. This is John's position. We were running 
But the other disciple, who will remain nameless, of course, but is really me, beat Peter to the tomb. So this is what John is saying. I authored the book, but I'm going to speak about myself in a third person, which we all know when we speak in third person, there's kind of this level of ego involved when I start speaking about myself in third person. So John, this you know, author is writing about himself, but he won't name himself, but he's clear to make sure that you and I understand that he was the first one to the tomb. He beat Peter to the tomb. He bends down, he bends over because the tombs, this tomb for Jesus was actually hollowed out on a, in a rock in the side of a, of a hill. And the doorway wasn't like our doorways now, nowadays. The doors weren't eight feet tall. It was very low. It was enough that you could stoop down. And as you stooped down, you could see in or you could, you could stoop down and walk in and get into the grave. So here he is. He says he bent over. He looked in at the strips that were lying there. What were these strips of linen lying there? The strips of linen that were lying in this tomb that was Jesus' tomb. It was the grave of Jesus were Jesus' grave clothes. So we have John who beats, he, who won't name himself, but he, be, he wants to be sure that you know he beat Peter to, to the tomb, bends down, he looks in, he's able to look in to see where Jesus is at. He looks in to gain knowledge, but he hesitates to step in. We're going to talk about three things today, looking in, stepping in, and moving out. So here you have John. He looks in. And this isn't the first time that we see John uh, present himself this way. In fact, in another situation, seven chapters earlier, John is hanging out with Peter again and the other disciples. It's just before Jesus is betrayed by Judas and he's taken away and ultimately led to the cross. And in this chapter, it says, one of them, this is John writing this about himself again. One of them, who do you think that was? John. Just turn to the person next to you and say, John. If you're sitting by yourself, I want you to say to yourself, John. John's writing about himself. One of them. Who? Say it out loud with me. John. Thank you very much. John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Hold on a second. Here we have John again. John, by the way, the disciple who Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. In the King James Version, it says that he was actually leaning on Jesus. He was reclined on his bosom. He was like, he was like laying across him. He was literally like snuggling with Jesus. I, I just, I, I have to tell you, there's something about John's position that he is confident he is so confident about who Jesus is in his life that Jesus that he that I, that he loves him the one who I won't name John says but the one that Jesus loved in fact I total speculation I think John believed in his head and his heart that Jesus maybe loved him the most but here we have John he was willing to stoop down and look in but he was hesitant to step in with all the confidence that John had, he was hesitant to step in. I feel like what the Lord is saying this morning is that you and I can stoop down and look into where Jesus is. We can look into gaining knowledge about Jesus. We can read this book called the Bible, made up of 66 smaller books of these authors, one of which we're reading right now. John is an author of a book of personal accounts that he had with Jesus. We can look into who Jesus is, but we may, we may hesitate or never step in 
to walking with Jesus. And we should be careful like John perhaps think so highly of ourselves that we think it's good enough to look into and gain knowledge of Jesus, but never begin walking with him. We can be quick to run to Jesus and we can be hesitant to run with Jesus. We can be quick to run to Jesus. And right now, I'm going to tell you something. There are more people across the globe that are reaching out to gaining knowledge about who Jesus is. You may be watching right now. I'm speaking right to you. The person who in your heart, you know, you're looking for something. And all the circumstances that we're living in have brought you to this point, have brought you to the edge of of circumstances in your life. And you're at this place where you're like, Pat, I don't even know. I don't even know you. I don't even know who Jesus is. I don't even know what I'm looking for, but I'm looking for something. And I'm, t- I'm telling you today that it is good. It is good to look into who Jesus is. But we need to take the next step and step in. We have to step in. Point number two, stepping in. In the next verse, it says in John 20, verse six, then Simon Peter came along. Then Simon Peter came along behind him. Behind who? behind John, Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of uh, linen lying there and as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head, the cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who's the other disciple? John. So finally, John, he's writing, he's saying, finally, Peter, by the way, didn't make it to the tomb as fast as I did. But I made it to the tomb and I was the first to stoop down and see the linen. And he says, Peter, when he finally catches up, because he's not as fast as me, and if you're not first, you're last, you know? So I just want you to remember that. Peter gets, and he runs right past him. He just goes straight and he sees the same thing that I saw, which I saw first, but he stepped in and saw it. Finally, I stepped in, is what John said. And he reminds us, Finally, this other disciple who had reached the tomb. Okay, John, finally, you stepped in. By the way, I was the first one here. And I also went inside. And when I saw, I believed. It says he saw and he believed. Looking into the person of Jesus. Looking into this tomb. Looking into the grave that Jesus has left empty with his grave clothes there is not good enough. We have, to, we have to develop a belief. But it says that both of them stepped in and they, they, what, they, believe, they both were now standing in a position of believing. But let's talk about Peter really quickly. Peter is the one who loves Jesus deeply. John was the disciple who Jesus loved deeply based on John's account of himself. But Peter was the guy that loved Jesus deeply. And Jesus says to him, hey, Peter, here's what's going to happen. Before I go to the cross, before I die, in fact, before the, the crow in the morning crows three times, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter says, that is nonsense, Jesus I love you deeply. I would never do that. 
And the way the story goes is that as Jesus is captured, Peter denies Jesus three times. So we have John running with confidence to the tomb, running with confidence to the grave that they've heard story that Jesus is no longer in. But we have Peter maybe running with some sorrow, maybe running with some shame and some guilt. Perhaps if I was Peter in that position, what I would be thinking in that moment is, maybe if I wouldn't have denied Jesus, maybe if I would have stood my ground, my friend, the one that I loved so much, wouldn't be dead right now. And so it took confidence for John, but it took courage for Peter. And he was courageous and he ran right past John. You might've beat me first to the grave, but I'm gonna be the first in. You may be the first to look into Jesus, but Peter's saying, I'm gonna be the first to step in. And so here we have the both of them, Peter and John. Peter, not looking back on his past. This is, this is huge. Peter is not looking back on his past and saying, my past is what qualifies me to step in. And John, he steps in after Peter, I'm sure in boldness, because John sounds like the kind of guy that likes to win. So you have Peter boldly stepping in. So John's like, well, if he stepped in, I'm stepping in. If he's gonna go, I'm gonna go. We have both of them now standing. Both of them now have stepped in. Peter steps in with courage. He's, he's willing to lay down. He's willing to not get hung up on his past. He doesn't look at his past. He doesn't look at everything that happened the day before. He doesn't look at the deny. He doesn't look at the sorrow. He doesn't, he doesn't carry the shame to a degree that stops him from stepping in. And John doesn't allow his pride to stop him from stepping in. On one hand, our past can stop us. And it's this language in our head that says, you're not good enough. You're not qualified enough. You may look into this person of Jesus. You may read about this person of Jesus. You may, right now, you may be hearing about this person of Jesus from this pastor on YouTube or wherever you're watching. But pastor, you don't understand. I'm not good enough. And I'm here to tell you, Peter is an example of your past being erased. And some of us maybe that are listening, I know in my life, it was pride. I had this mixture. That's why I think we're given this mixture of pride in our past. Because for me, there was my past that was definitely a wrinkle in this story. But there was this pride in me to say, I am too good to step in. One part of me was, I am not good enough. And the other part of me was, I, I'm qualified. I'm too qualified. I'm overly qualified and I'm not qualified enough. And maybe this resonates with you. Maybe you're sitting there and there's parts of your life that you're like, I'm good over here. And then this other part where you're like, but you don't know my past. And Peter and John give us this beautiful picture of not just looking in, but stepping in and joining Jesus. I love the fact that both of them were willing to step in. Both of them we're able to have the confidence and the courage to move in and to understand that they were not, they didn't qualify themselves. And then we, we look in, we step in, and then we must move out. Then the next verse, 
I think this is the verse that everything hinges for me. Everything hinges for me. Everything in my life comes back to this question, to this point right here. I feel, I feel like this means so much to me personally, and you may find the same. In verse nine, it says, they still did not understand. Hold on a second. Wait, time out. I, again, Peter and John have been walking with Jesus. These two knuckleheads have been walking literally shoulder to shoulder with the Son of God, watching him all along the way, hearing him. T- Jesus is telling them, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. This is why this is going to happen. And here they are standing. They look in, they step in, and they're standing looking at the linen, looking at the grave clothes lying there. And they still don't understand. This is what they don't understand. They don't understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. They don't get the why. They don't understand yet why Jesus had to do what he did. But I'm going to tell you what they did understand. In that moment, they were faced with a pivotal question. And this is what they understood. As they asked themselves this question, was Jesus moved or removed from this grave? This question is key. This is the debate that history has been thrown into. Was was Jesus moved or removed from the grave? Did someone take the stone where, where, where the centurion guards were standing outside of Jesus' grave? Did someone take the stone and roll it out of the way in front of these two, these two guards? Perhaps the guards were the ones who did it. And did someone steal? Were there grave robbers? Did somebody rob Jesus' body from the grave and leave his linen there? And I'm here to tell you that that is not what happened. And Peter and John know that that's not what happened. They know that the fact that the linen was left, that it was a mark, that it was, it, it was a sign. Grave robbers don't unwrap the dead body. Grave robbers, in, in, in other parts of scripture, it's told to us that, that the linen was folded and left neatly. Grave robbers do not unwrap the body and leave the linen neatly wrapped. Jesus Christ, this is the question Was he moved or removed? Or perhaps Jesus Christ is on the move. Jesus was either moved or he's on the move. And that is the question that John and Peter, I feel like they're standing there in the midst of this grave and they see the linen. They had to look at each other and they had to like, you know, slap each other on the shoulder. And he's like, Jesus is, he's on the move. They know that Jesus hasn't been moved. They had faith to not fully understand why it was Jesus was doing what he was doing, but they understood that Jesus was doing it. Right now, in the middle of our circumstances, today, Sunday, April 19th, 2020, in the middle of everything going on globally, nationally, in our state, in our cities, in our neighborhoods, in our homes, in your heart, right where you sit or stand or you're laying down or you're reclining, whatever it is that you're doing right now in that spot, 
you have to ask yourself the same question. Is Jesus Christ, has he been moved out of my circumstances or is he moving in my circumstances? You have to ask yourself, is Jesus Christ void and vacant? Has he, has he, has he left the building? Because Pat, I'm, I'm looking at my finances. I'm looking at what happened. See, my hours are reduced and I'm struggling. I'm having a hard, I, and, but G, Jesus must not be in the midst of my finances. You could say, Pat, I, I'm struggling relationally. You don't know this quarantine is hard. This quarantine is tough. I, I'm forced to live in my house, not just with people that I'm normally with, but I can't get away from them. And now we're starting to have some relational tension and there were some things that maybe you, you were struggling with to begin with, and now you've got to face these things because you're with this person like 24-7. You can't get away from each other. You start, you start creating quarantine spots within your house because you're like, I need you to go over there for a little while. We need some space. But I know that Jesus is not here in the midst of all this that's going on. Has Jesus been moved? Has Jesus been removed from our cities? Has he, has he been removed from, from, from our finances? Has he been removed from our sicknesses? Has he been removed from the story? Has he been removed from the narrative that he's still a healer in the midst of a virus, that he's still a healer in the midst of a pandemic? Has Jesus Christ been removed or do you believe, this is the pivotal question, do you believe that Jesus is alive and that he's well and he's on the move in the midst of everything going on? That Jesus Christ isn't the one when everything's falling apart, he decides to run, he decides to remove himself, that he makes himself uh, vulnerable to being stolen away. Jesus Christ has superseded all of the things that you and I could ever walk through. And I'm here to tell you this morning, he is alive and he is on the move and you've got to make a decision for yourself this morning. You, 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 you need to make it. In fact, you need to stand up right. And some of you, you need to shout an amen right now. Like all caps, you can just type it right now, wherever, whatever platform you're on. A, all caps, capital A, capital M, capital E, capital N. Amen, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Somebody needs to go outside and run around in a circle in their backyard and shout amen because what, what you're beginning to understand is the world wants to leave you empty and alone. And Jesus Christ said, I have not left you. I have not forsaken you. I am alive and I am on the move. Somebody shout me down and say amen. What I love about this, Jesus, Jesus is on the move in 2020 in the midst of all this stuff. And here's, here's the thing. He's calling you out. He's calling me out of the darkness of the grave and into the wonder of what he's doing. Jesus Christ, he's on the move and he's calling you and he's calling me. He's calling us as individuals into something that's bigger. He's calling us into a move. He's calling us into something. But he's calling us out of the darkness of the grave and into the wonder of what he is doing. I love this, this, this scripture. I'm going to end with this scripture. 1 Peter 2.9. 1 Peter. Peter. The guy that we're talking about right here. The guy that should be walking with the most shame as anyone in history because he denied the person he said that he loved so much. Three times. The guy that we just heard couldn't even get to the tomb fast enough. 
I like to think that when Peter wrote this book, he was reflecting, he was thinking back upon this moment that we just read about in John chapter 20. I like to think that what Peter is thinking about is he's thinking about the moment that he stood there in the grave with his buddy John, who could run faster than him. And what he's thinking about is, is that I had a choice in the moment. I had to answer this pivotal question. Am I going to have the faith to move with God even though I don't understand why? But I understand he's on the move. And him and John, Peter and John, they both, it says at the end of that in verse 10, the disciples went back to where they were staying and they went back and started reporting back to the other disciples what they had seen. They were joining Jesus. They were joining Jesus in the resurrection. They were joining Jesus. They jumped into the stream. And I like to think in 1 Peter 2.9, when he writes this, he's saying, he wants all of us to understand that we're, we're all in the stream together. That if you make a decision this morning to jump in, that you're not jumping in solo. You're not jumping in alone. You're jumping in and joining Jesus and a nation and a team. You're jumping in and you're joining in into a community and a family and, and following and being part of and joining in with what Jesus is doing right now, today, in 2020. He writes this, but you, but you are a chosen people. You, the person right now, the person that I'm looking at, the person that you need, you need to hear this preached into the depths of your heart. You need to hear this, that you are chosen, that Jesus Christ has chosen you today for such a time as this. He's chosen you today. You are a chosen people. You're the chosen parent. You're the chosen professional for that job. You are the chosen person to love the neighbor that God placed you next to. You are the chosen person. You are, you are a chosen people. There is no mistake why you, were, why you were born and you're living through such a time as this because you were chosen for this. We are chosen people of the pandemic. We are chosen people of a pandemic that wants to introduce the world to the person of Jesus and join in with what he's doing. And Peter says, you are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're God's special possession. That you may declare the praises of him who called you what? Out of darkness and into what? And into the wonderful light. That Jesus Christ, he left the tomb empty so that we could look in, we could step in and we could move through and move out into joining him in what he's doing. And G I'm telling you right now, Jesus Christ is doing something. Jesus is on the move. I told you in the beginning, I believe right now we are in a season that God is reshaping everything around us. He's like, like I'm going to be real specific right now. He is reshaping the political makeup. He's reshaping the economic makeup. He's reshaping the family units. He's reshaping how cities and businesses run. He's reshaping the methodology of how we get, get the information and we get, we get the good news of who Jesus is into your homes. He's reshaping the way we think about loving people. He's reshaping 
the way that we learn to recline on him and lean on him. He's reshaping these things. And he wants us to understand that he's alive and well and he's on the move. We need to jump in and join him this morning. He has left the grave and he is on the move. We have to join him. Here's my question for you. Are you ready? Are you ready this morning? It's time to move. Are you ready this morning? Are you ready to move? Because he's on the move. And it's not good enough just to look in. We need to look in. We need to step in and we need to move out. For some of you listening this morning, this is, this is for you right now. This is what I'd like to do. Everyone just close your eyes. Right where you're at, just close your eyes. I can't see you, but I feel like this is kind of a cheat because you can see me. <laughs> I can't see you, so I'm gonna trust right now that you got your eyes closed. I got my eyes closed, don't, don't look. Well, I'm not asking you to close your eyes to hide. I'm asking you to close your eyes to focus because what I want you to see is I want you to see Jesus moving in your midst. I want you to see in your mind. I want you to see Jesus moving over your past. I want you to see Jesus moving in your circumstances. I want you to see Jesus moving in the middle of your finances. I want you to see Jesus moving in your family. I want you to see Jesus moving in your neighborhoods and in your communities and in your cities. I want you to see Jesus creating a viral move that encompasses, that it envelops, that the entire globe is immersed in a move of Jesus Christ. I believe this virus is a prophetic word that the word of God, that who Jesus is, is gonna become viral like never before seen in this generation. Your eyes closed, this is for you. This moment right here. This is the question. This is the question. Has Jesus been removed or is he moving in your life? Has Jesus been removed or is he moving in your life? Jesus is moving. He just may not be moving in your life. This is, the, this is the question that's pivotal this morning that you have to answer. If Jesus isn't moving in your life and this morning you say yes, we've had an explosion of responses this morning already of people saying yes to Jesus and you are gonna have an opportunity right now. That's what I'd like you to do, eyes closed. You can, you can say this out loud. You can just say this in your head and your heart. You just follow me and say, Jesus, I don't even know that I was looking for you and I don't fully understand why. But I know that you're on the move. And I'm looking in and I'm stepping in this morning. I This morning, I'm stepping in. I'm not stepping in with one foot. I'm stepping in both feet, firmly planted. Some of you, some of you as an act almost of faith right now need to stand up right where you're at. And you need to stand, you need to take a step forward with both feet. You, and and you, some, some of you need to like get loud with it. You, you need to like stomp your feet on the ground. Two steps in, both feet in. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dip my toe in the grave. I'm not gonna dip my toe in the water. I'm stepping in and I'm all in. Jesus, you, I may not understand it, but God, you have all right 
You have, you, you, you have everything, every door open to move. I want to join you. Jesus, I want to join you in what you're doing in my life and what you're doing in the lives of the people around me. In the greater picture, as part of a nation, as part of a people, If that's you this morning, if that's you this morning, they, they, I feel like my whole morning has come to this point. I want, I want you to do this for me. I want you to take your phone out. I want you to text this. I want you to text Jesus 111. Don't hesitate at the door. Don't hesitate. Take your phone out right now. Don't hesitate. Some of you are like, I'm telling you right now, some of you are hesitating. Some of you are being Johns. You're standing at the door and, and you need to step past yourself right here. And you need to pick up your phone. You need to text Jesus 111 to the number 94090. We want to join with you. As you say, yes, Jesus, I want to join in what you're doing. We want to join with you. We want to join with Jesus and what he's doing in your life. We are not meant to do this alone. It says that we are a chosen people not a chosen person. We are chosen people. We are a holy nation, not a holy huddle. It's not just one or a few. We are a holy nation and we want to join in with you. Be courageous. Text Jesus 111 right now if you prayed that prayer with me to the number 94090. And we have a team been praying for you going to reach out to you. And on a practical level, they're going to have some next steps. The next thing that we have for you, if you text in Jesus 111 to 94090, you're going to get an invitation to what's called a starting point. Starting point is going to be a time with my wife, Shandra and I on a Zoom call later this month, I believe on the 26th, which is next week. We're going to jump on and we're just going to have some fun. We're going to talk we're going to chat. We're going to allow you to ask questions if you have questions. We're going to talk about what God's doing and how we, we see God moving. And we're going to join in with what he's doing. We're, we're going to want to meet you. And we want you there. This is important. We want you there. For the rest of us, here's the only question I have. Are you willing to make a commitment today to look in, to step in, and to move out? Are you willing today to make a commitment to looking in, stepping in, and moving out? If you're saying yes, I'm gonna have some real practical things over the next couple of weeks that we're gonna talk about. As we look in, we step in, and we move out because Jesus Christ is on the move in 2020. Family, we love you. We miss you dearly. We look forward to the day, of course, that we could be shoulder to shoulder and face to face. Until then, thank you again so much for your encouraging words. We're doing everything we can. If there's any needs that you have, do not hesitate to reach out to us. You can go to our website, themovement.org. Right on that front page, there's a resource number, 760-500-4888. You can text that number if there's anything that you need or you know people around you that are in need. And we will reach out. We want to be able to serve and help however we can. So if there's anything that you need, please reach out. Until we see each other again on Wednesday night at 7, on next Sunday, until, and until we're standing physically together, we are going to look into what Jesus is doing and step in and move out. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you.